Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from. Put your dead son in a cemetery. It's him or carry. Be very afraid. You'll be our number one I'm fan and one get day. carried away. All working, no play, you know it. Always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every nards? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Shoot them out of a Welcome to Head Yes, on tonight's episode we have a, a very special guest, Megan. It's good to have you on the show. How are you tonight? Good. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah. No, it's a pleasure. I haven't. I, it's been a while. I'm trying to think. The last time I talked to you, it's been, I don't know what, probably a couple years now, something like yeah. that. I think so. I think we, we were in touch a couple of years ago um, just to say hi. And then before that, it was like when I actually was seeing you. Right. In person. <laughs> but, you know. Right. A lot. Yeah. And I, I met you through a sketch comedy group uh, up mm -hmm. here in Chicago. And, and it, it, at the time it was Clown Car to Sicily, but now it's just right. Clown Car, right? Now it's just Clown Car. Um, we're still a musical sketch comedy group, which is fun. We still focus on the nerdy things of life. Uh, one thing that has changed since you left is we, we do a lot of, um, we've written a lot of like one acts lately. Okay. And so like one that is near and dear to our hearts that we're actually revamping now that the pandemic is like this close to being over. <laughs> um, uh, it's this, uh, this, uh, it's called Abracadaves and it's this idea of the like Harry Potter wizarding world and the backwoods of west virginia and it's just it's just fantastic <laughs> like i can't i can't describe how wonderful it's been to work on it but yeah we're, we're, we do sketch still very much sketch but we've 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 got into this weird one act thing too which has been a lot of fun lately nice i love that yeah. i love that concept because you have to think like in the harry potter universe you know because it's all very like proper and british and it all feels very british but you have to think if there yeah. are wizards in britain there have to be wizards elsewhere Everywhere. right yeah yeah that's it, a great point including yeah, yeah so we have it, yeah it's just been like our our star guy abracadaves is like if dumbledore was a straight country backwoods <laughs> man and who like spits tobacco every five seconds right. like that's just drinking really drinking needed. moonshine in the appalachian oh, mountains yeah 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 it's so great it's so great that's right. he's like you're a wizard billy bob oh yeah yeah, yeah. and we had the kids uh at some point <laughs> we had the kids getting picked up in a in a hayride 
like a hay wagon. And just like there's just this like old man with a long beard, just like, hey, you're going to Africa Dave's camp. Hop on this wagon, and then there's <laughs> yeah. like this little wagon song. I would like to see like instead of wands, instead of like the normal wand, it's like one of those Leatherman like like <laughs> like multi tool things. I love that. <laughs> yeah, just kept it simple and went with different size sticks. Okay. Yeah, that's... So, that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> there's I this is. Oh, only tangentially related, but there was a, I don't even remember who made this joke. It was just something I saw on Twitter, but they were talking about like the biggest boy band in Harry Potter's universe, right? It would be, it would be called wand erection. I just thought so it was funny. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so, but anyway, so how's, uh, you know, I remember the, when I was performing with, clown car we did what was was it the 20 maybe the 2018 sketch fest or the 20 2018 probably 20 yeah 2018 i think yeah and i just remember that being a blast that was the only time i did sketch fest but yeah i remember that was that was a lot of fun i actually it's up on youtube um and it was funny because i actually was watching through like all of our stuff because i was trying to shift through sketches and like Put organizing. I'm the organizer now to make sure everybody's, you know, good. But I, <laughs> I rewatched the uh, the wink sketch that you did, <laughs> which almost brought me to tears of laughter because I just remember that you were so like I have this idea, and this guy just winks, but he makes a weird noise when he does it, and then we made a thing about it. It was so great. Yeah. It was so great. Well, and I, I think, I, I believe that's an old bit I developed with uh, a woman named Kelsey Van Vorst I used to do stuff with in Indianapolis. And that was just like me and her at comedy sports just fucking around. And and yeah, somehow we just came up with that overly creepy wink where you like, yeah, yeah you just go to wink at somebody and then you're like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. But but I remember uh, I remember drinking near Danny Pudi. I didn't want to bother him from Community. Yeah. I di- I didn't want to go bother him, but you know he was there in the bar. Yeah. Um, and then I stepped on before it really came out that he's kind of a piece of shit. I remember we were we were watching like the late night show just for the performers after all the audience goes home, you know. And I like I stepped back. Yep. And I stepped on something. And I was like, oh shit, I stepped on somebody's foot. So I turned around and I was like, hey, my bad, I'm sorry. And it was it was TJ Miller. <laughs> like, yeah. And I just I yeah. was like, oh shit, I just he's stepped... a piece of shit. Yeah, he's a yeah. piece yeah. We found out later he's a piece of shit, but Yeah. Well, I mean, that's fine because I think the following year when we did it, TJ Miller was there again. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, uh one of our our wonderful cast uh, members, Jim Smiley who I adore so much, but he makes some weird choices in life. <laughs> and he walked up to TJ and goes, yo, can I take a picture with you, with you like flipping me off or something? <laughs> and TJ was just like, no, fuck off. And like, like, you were the cloud in that movie. <laughs> right, like turned away from Jim. And he was so upset. Like Jim's face was like, no. I was like, you just, no. Why would anyone do that? Like, no, you set yourself up for failure with that one. But, you know. 
times in those festivals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I want to jump to the movie you chose is uh, one of my favorite movies, not only horror movies, but just movies in general. Um, and I'm so, I'm glad you chose this one. I'm glad we got to do this. Yeah, me too. Um, and was it, was your choice in this movie? I have a few questions. So you said you're not, you're not normally much of a horror fan, correct? Nope. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> right past me i'll go see luca or any disney pixar whatever don't come to me for horror all right no that's my my wife's the same way and so like most stuff like that i just have to watch without her but then she'll get interested in some movie like she loves the departed which has some pretty graphic violence or like there are lots of movies that have some pretty graphic violence but it's such a good movie she loves it so it's there's always this weird line where there are movies she wants to watch, and a lot of times I'll even preview them for her. But if we're watching a movie together, neither one of us have seen, and somebody like gets their head blown off, she she always shoots me this look like, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, "I don't, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen this movie. I didn't make this movie. I didn't know what was about to happen. You know." <laughs> but yeah. my, you know, that's that's interesting. That's like watching with my mother-in-law. Like, uh, like if there's like some cursing or whatever, she'll shoot me the look. Like, <laughs> the kids are up, you know. In this, but but the, the other thing is, she watches like, like CSI stuff and like Law and Order, and like as though it's just totally fine. But yet they have the most graphic, like medical, like <laughs> accuracy, like prosthetics and bl- yep. blood all over the place. <laughs> that, was, that was funny. See, that's the funny thing. I can do that. Like I. I can I I'm a huge SVU person and CSI and all that, so I can watch all that. Like gory, I think I'm fine with. I don't like being genuinely scared. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> I have to know what's going to happen. <laughs> Otherwise, and I am that I, I I am half black and I do do that stereotype thing where I'm like, what are you doing? No 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 no. Why you gotta walk in? Don't walk down that hallway. Why are we walking through the hallway? Why are we? And then it's just a whole thing. So I just stay away from it. But it's just, I like Halloween is a great movie because I know what happens. So I can watch any Michael Myers any day of the week. It's a great time. But if you throw Chucky my way, nope, I don't do dolls. I don't do clowns. You throw a clown at me. It absolutely not. I'm walking right out that door. Anything that I don't know, I can't. <laughs> Halloween Town on the Disney Channel is about has horror I as I got. Yeah. Girl, I think I've seen that one. Oh, it's fabulous. Yeah. It. I've seen that one. So good. Nice. Well, what what led you to to choose Cabin in the Woods? Had had you seen it before? I had my lovely boyfriend who is into horror yeah. unlike me. Uh forced me to watch this movie one day and he was like you're gonna it's fine you're gonna like it it's like it plays on all the stereotypes and tropes of horror movies and i was like okay if it'll make you stop talking about it sure we'll do it so we did it and i did it i thoroughly enjoyed myself um i will say there was a moment towards the end where a clown does pop up oh yeah and he completely forgot to tell me he may have gotten punched in the stomach that in that moment, but he's still alive, so you know we're fine. But other than that moment of the clown, I I did enjoy it. I thought it was I thought it was very well done. 
Right, yeah. For, for someone who's not a fan, I, I could watch that movie all day long. It's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> no, it really is. And it's such a nice deconstruction of the genre. While I, and, and, you know, some of the stuff I read about just re, well, in preparation for this episode was that, you know, they, what was the quote? Somebody called it like a loving hate letter to the genre. Like, so yeah. it was kind of like they were knocking all of the cliches that they felt were tired that the genre had fallen into and had become boring in certain ways. But it was also an homage uh, to what they love about horror and, and an attempt to invigorate the genre itself, which is pretty ambitious. Um, but it was really a couple guys. So it was uh, the director, Drew Goddard, who he's he's written a lot. Uh, recently he wrote Bad Times at the El Royale, which I haven't seen, but I've heard good things about. Yeah, I've heard good things about too. I haven't seen it though. Yeah, I th- he directed that. Um, I think he directed some episodes of The Good Place, maybe. Um, okay. But then he was what, writing... The Good Place? The Good Place, yeah. With, with Kristen Bell, right? Yeah, I saw... I, I really like that. It's got one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen in a sitcom before. Where like they all they've died and they've gone to heaven, and they're sitting and I think it's Ted Danson okay. across from Ted Danson, and 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 Kristen Bell that that chick is like, so what does this all mean? Like what is like what's the meaning of everything? And she and, and he was and he and um Ted Danson was saying like, you know, no one has ever gotten it just right what the meaning of life is. He's like one person did. And and he pointed to the, this like he pointed to this plaque on the wall, and it was of this like stoner guy, like it was like his picture, and and he was like, 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 like he got it the closest, the closest you could get, yeah, nice, yeah. that's funny. Figuring it all out. I've heard that show's Sorry. good. I've never watched it, but it's pretty good. I, I, we watched the first season. Okay, it was really funny. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good one. But uh, but so this guy's also done a lot uh, with J.J. Abrams. So he's written a lot of J.J. Abrams projects like Cloverfield, Alias, Lost. Um, he was actually the creator of Netflix uh, Daredevil show, which was pretty incredible. Um, and then, and then, you did you did watch Daredevil? I had it. I oh. haven't yet, but I keep, everyone is like, you need to watch it. <laughs> I know <laughs> those Netflix Marvel shows, which may or may not be canon. We don't really know. But they are—they're pretty incredible. They're really good. I heard, yeah. Um, except for Iron Fist, but that's beside the point. <laughs> but so anyway, to go back to uh, to T.J. Miller, speaking of people we found out later were pieces of shit. Um, the, the the co-writer of this movie is Joss Whedon, right? So so Drew Goddard also uh, did a lot of writing with Joss Whedon, Angel, Buffy, and you know Joss Whedon did Buffy, Angel, Firefly, Dollhouse, Shield. He directed the Avengers movies. Uh, Dr. Horrible sing-along blog. And whenever I think of Joss Whedon, I, I can't think of anybody else who had so much social capital, like who was so beloved in the genre, like nerd community and fell so far from grace so quickly uh, as Joss Whedon. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's kind of a letdown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so do, did you guys, were you guys a fan of any of that, any of that stuff, any of those shows? I know I watched, I watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer a lot. I watched like the first three, yeah. three, three seasons or so when I was a kid, like living at home. And then, and then I kind of got a little bit older and I, I wasn't really like, couldn't watch a weekly TV show. I just wasn't at the TV as much. So 
but yeah, I was a yeah. Buffy fan. I like Buffy. That was a fun time yeah. in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's one I want to revisit at some point. Like I, I feel like through the pandemic, I revisited a lot rather than watched new stuff. I just revisited a lot of things. Like I did an, a whole thing of The Office. I redid mm-hmm. Parks and Rec. I, I redid uh, Lizzie McGuire. Not gonna lie, and that like once Disney Plus hit, had to do it. And then I was like, you know, I should probably find Buffy and do that. Yeah, I, I should. That's on my list too, because like I said, I've watched I think about half the half of the show, and then I don't think I ever really went back and finished it. So that's yeah. something I got to do too. But uh, but so talking about 2011's uh, Cabin in the Woods, um, this is a fun movie because there's really two things going on, right? On one hand, you have a pretty standard, no, actually the the most standard horror film that you could have with all of the horror tropes. And then on the other hand, I like that it opens up on, uh, what Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford Mm -hmm. playing these characters who are like bureaucrats, you know, and you don't really know what's going on. They're just in this like little golf cart in this seems like an underground facility talking about, um, just like inane stuff. Like one of them has to like, I don't know, build a birdhouse or something. And then it's like, so, hey, are you even listening to me? And then it's like, Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> yeah, that was really weird. Yeah. It's such, it's such a sudden, like, oh, this is a movie we're watching now. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because I watched it with my brother one time, and he, I told him, I was like, we should watch this movie. I think you'll like it. He's like, I tried, though, and that opening scene, I just can't get past it. And then I was like, no, 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 but you have to get past it. Like, once you get past the credit. It's so good. And then so we watched it and we're watching it. He's like, oh, oh, that's happening. Oh, this, oh, man. Oh, ah. And then he ended up really loving it. And I was like, you see, it's a weird way to start the movie, but it works. Right. Even, it, even after that, that opening cabin in the woods, the freeze frame thing, the, the, the subsequent scenes, they don't seem like a horror movie. No, not yeah. at all. Like yeah. You get like you know, you, you get like the teenagers or the college kids. It, it's like, it's like one of those movies, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You don't think it's gonna be what it is, and I think that's yeah. what I love about it. Yeah. Is that yeah. going into it, I was like, oh god, I'm gonna hate it because someone's <laughs> gonna jump out of a dark corner, and I'm gonna be so mad about it. But it was just like, it was so, it was just brilliantly done in my yeah. opinion. Like even. Yeah. For me, when I watch these movies, too, I, and probably because of Ben, my boyfriend, he's just super into film, and he's now gotten me into it, but, like, the camera angles and, like, transitions and stuff, like, I paid attention so much more to it this time when I watched it, and, like, there's this scene where, um, oh, uh, I can't remember character name, but the virgin is like Dana. in the water and she just escaped the like van that fell in the water and she's swimming up and swimming up and then it transitions from the water into like this cooler thing where they're getting something out of the cooler I think and I was like dang that's a slick transition <laughs> and I was like and it happens like five other times so I was like oh this is actually really well filmed I love it <laughs> yeah it is yeah it's so well done um, which is why I'm, you know, I, I don't know why, I feel like, I don't know why we haven't seen more stuff from this director, Drew Goddard, but 
Uh, I definitely want to check out Bad Times at the El Royale once I realized that it was him. I was like, oh, okay, you know. Yeah. Um, but I like at the beginning there's that uh, the chemist played by Amy Acker, and they're like, oh, who messed up the last time? Oh, it was the Kim department's fault, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and I guess I read that that's a reference to the faculty, Right, that nineteen, I don't, nineteen ninety eight, something like that. The movie with Elijah Wood, and because I know there was something with drugs, yeah. and that's how the aliens were taking people over. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but, um, but that was one of Robert Rodriguez's early movies, right? The director of From Dusk Till Dawn is like the most un Robert Rodriguez Robert Rodriguez movie he's done, <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, I thought the I thought the movie did a great job at at um explaining who the characters are mm-hmm. right yeah. you know setting everything up you got like the stoner guy with like the weird like coffee bong <laughs> oh, that cost five thousand dollars to make yes <laughs> and then and then you have thor right right mm-hmm. and thor is 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 weird because he's like the jock guy you know and he's i've got a written he, he's he's a really good mansplainer <laughs> like, yes he is like he's in that one chick's apartment in the virgin's apartment mm-hmm. and he's like don't read these books and then he reaches into her own bookshelf he's like you should read these books yeah. <laughs> yeah. well and i think they were like you know they were trying to establish his character as like oh he's not just a dumb jock he's also smart right yeah so so then you could like so well, that kind of comes into play later though yeah well it was yeah. just so i think like once he's under the influence of the cabin that's when he starts to play into those more you know he becomes more of a of a jock yeah yeah but, yeah but it's 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 like it's like when we watched um hereditary mm-hmm. you know there's this the, the, i call them the corporation those those guys in the bunker or whatever but like it's all it's all puppet you know a, a yeah. puppeteer and i think they even describe it like that at some point but just like in hereditary like there's all these like things happening um that you don't really see yeah. set up like cuz these people are being coerced you know and guided to this cabin mm-hmm. and, yeah. and and so like they they did things like they messed with the dude's weed i think yeah 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 although there was some like weird stuff like i think anyway. i think they tried to mess with his weed but they missed a stash which is why he was able to kind of like yeah. outthink the system because he had he had a stash of weed that they didn't get to so. <laughs> yeah and, yeah okay and then there was the other chick who dyed her hair, and they got yeah. into that. They put chemicals. The girlfriend. She was she the she was the slut, right, or the whore? The whore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's the five. So they play into the archetype. So we find out later that the guys behind this, the corporation, whatever it might be, this bureaucracy, are really performing an ancient ritual where these five teenagers have to be sacrificed to the ancient ones. So that they don't rise up and destroy the world. So, and those five archetypes are the fool, the athlete, the whore, the virgin, and the scholar. So, this corporation, quote unquote, like they do everything they can to get these people into place, get them in the right mindset, get them to fill these roles. And it, even toward the end, because right in the beginning, Dana said basically she's been sleeping with her professor. And toward yep. the end, she's like, wait a minute, Virgin, you know, and Sigourney Weaver, who appears at the end in, in one of yes. the best cameos ever. Ah, love yeah, her. She's, she's like, well, we work with what we have, you know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> close enough. Yeah. But I, I like, I love, 
I love the setup though because you have these five people that you're kind of rooting for, yeah. right? Yeah, you but like then, you like them. I think right, you like them, and they're very you know you're like oh no, we want them to live, <laughs> but then that means that you're not saving humanity. So it kind of gives you like the who are you rooting for challenge. Like, mm-hmm. are you actually gonna root for them to die so that humanity can be saved and everything can keep on going? Are we rooting for them to like beat the system and just be like, no, fuck humanity. We're gonna we're gonna live out this bitch and just die with everybody. Yeah. Because I know that I was like, when I was when I had that thought, I was like, oh dang, I feel like I'm rooting for the five over saving humanity. Because right. I feel like, especially after the pandemic, you guys, there I lost a lot of faith in humanity. <laughs> so I. Wipe, Wipe the slate clean. Out. Let's let's start <laughs> over. We need to start over anyway. <laughs> I would I would like to just talk about this for a second. Yeah. I love the list in the movie yeah, of the absolutely. different monsters. I guess is what we can call them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you have ever, or if anyone who is listening to this has ever actually paused and read the <laughs> list. Because I have several times, and it is the greatest list ever. And there's one thing on this list, and it just says Kevin. <laughs> yep. Who's, what or who is Kevin? And we have an answer. That, I'm just like, every time, Ben and I, when we watch it, my brother was like, wait, did that say Kevin? What's a Kevin? I was like, I have no idea. And I would love nothing more than them to make a sequel of just Kevin. Just around like, Kevin, that's yeah. That's all I need. <laughs> no, that, that board is awesome. And there are pictures out there, which we will probably, after this episode drops, we'll share pictures of the board because it is the best thing ever. But um, no, I was reading that Kevin, especially because he doesn't show up in the movie, but apparently right. he's mentioned in the novelization of the movie. Okay. And his description matches Elijah Wood's character in the movie Sin City to where people think that that may be the most likely inspiration. Have you seen Sin City? I've seen, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's that weird, like, creepy guy with the glasses. and The, the glasses, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't okay. know. That may or may not be. It's unconfirmed, but. I just picture i don't know what i picture it changes every time but like the first time i pictured like this giant chicken dragon thing with like just talons and i don't know like i I don't it changes every time right because i'm just like kevin what the hell is a kevin (laughs) what is that and it's just macaulay culkin from from home alone (laughs) kevin it's just his mom yelling kevin Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But there are there are so many great movies there and there are so many references that that I didn't even catch until I went back and like read about it. Um, you know, they there there are mutants there and the fact that they drive to the cabin in an R V I guess is is a reference to Wes Craven's The Hills Have Eyes. Um yeah, no, the the wraiths are, you know, and you've just got nods to like thirteen ghosts. Um, I have seen that one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got, and then you've got it. You've got 
Hellraiser, instead of a puzzle box, you've got the puzzle sphere. So it's kind of yeah. like Pinhead. Although in the credits, that character, I don't know if you guys noticed in the credits, his name is listed as Fornicus, Lord of Bondage and Pain. It's the guy who had the buzz saws in his head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, so that's... But yeah, so you've got, you know, you've got references to the reanimator, you know, different uh, Del Toro movies, The Shining, uh, Jack Frost, just so many references. It's so much yeah. fun to just try and like pick them out, you know? Yeah, I didn't even think of, of that aspect of it. But now that you're seeing it, I'm like, oh, yep, yeah, mm-hmm, I can see that. Mm-hmm, yep. I may not watch a lot of horror movies, but I know enough about them to like connect the dots. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that movie. Yep. Right, yeah, it's just like in the cultural atmosphere yeah. enough to where you're going to pick it up either way. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Brent, are you frozen? Are you still there? He looks frozen. Does he look frozen to you? He looks frozen. Brent, you look he frozen. He looks like Elsa came out of nowhere and just... <laughs> just zapped him. Zapped him with her powers. <laughs> All right, well, he may be having connectivity problems. He'll be back. Um, yeah. <laughs> but... Oh, you know, this is one thing I got, I got to thinking about because the, you know, Richard Jenkins and, and Bradley Whitford, these two like corporate guys working at this, this bureaucratic um, organization, I feel like there's a lot of movies and a lot of TV shows where when you're exploring, you know, something that is performing like ancient rituals or has to do with like folklore or heaven or hell. You can either make it like very fantastical and you can go that route or the other route seems to be, you can make it a bureaucracy, which is, you know, there's this, I was thinking about uh, the TV show Loki. Did you watch that? We haven't, I haven't seen all of it yet. Okay. But you've seen, (laughs) so, but it, but Loki which shares a birthday with, with head cannon. Um, Mm -hmm. Hey, Brent, you're back. How, how's it going? Yay! Sorry, my internet went down. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm on my phone right now. <laughs> nice. Nice. But no, I was just talking about how, uh, you know, a lot of movies, when you're exploring supernatural or heaven or hell or the afterlife or anything like that, there's a tendency to lean on. You go toward what we're familiar with in that sort of setting, which is a bureaucracy, which is these guys from the from the corporation or I was I was mentioning the TV show Loki also kind of has that yeah. with the T what is it the TVA is that what it's called or no 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 whatever the time variance authority yeah TVA so like that's a, that's you get there and it's like this weird bureaucracy same thing with Beetlejuice you go oh, yeah. you know you die and then you like take a number and you number. sit there and wait um, yeah. also Monsters Inc you know yeah. you, you think of these like horrible monsters in your closet, but you get through there and it's just this corporation where these guys yep. are just doing their job, just clocking in and out. Um, yeah. But I don't, can you guys think of any other examples where it's like, because I was trying to think right just before this, that kind of dawned on me. And I, I know there are other examples um, and I never really thought of that as a thing, but I think it's a pretty common go-to, you know? I mean, yeah, I feel like if you sat down and really thought about it, you could probably like pinpoint so many of, of that have that theme going. Yeah. I've never really watched The Good Place, but I wonder if that's similar. I kind of feel like maybe Heaven is a bureaucracy. Bureaucracy, Probably, though. Yeah. But I don't know. I haven't I seen can it. See that. I can see that. Oh. From Dust Till Dawn kind of comes to mind. And, like, it's just like it's, it's seemingly like a normal bar. Right. At the end. 
but then like there's a whole other like I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm reaching. Yeah. <laughs> but there's like a whole other thing going on underneath. The I can see that. Like, yeah, it's like horrifying to them, but it's just like a vampire workplace. They're like, oh, just another Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, time to feed. Time to clock in. <laughs> so. But so I love, uh, so then, you know, you get these, these characters that you like pretty, pretty immediately. Um, you, and then they drive off in their RV and you get little hints here and there. There's a guy on the roof with the earpiece. Who's like the Eagle has left the nest or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you have the harbinger. I love this character. Mordecai. Mordecai. Uh, the way that they mess with him on the phone is just amazing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because he's just the harbinger of doom. They go to this gas station, and he's like, "Oh, you don't want to go up to that cabin. Anyone who goes up to that cabin, it's it's a bad time." And they're like, "All right, whatever, you fucking gas station yeah. hillbilly, you know." Um, but then he reveals that they won't even have enough gas to get home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which I didn't, I didn't, I missed out on that the first time I ever saw this movie. It took me like three times to watch it to be like, "Wait, did he just?" Did he just say that? He did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so he tells them it's going to be a bad scene. They go on anyway. And I like when they drive through that tunnel, you get uh, you get another little hint where the eagle flies into that like hexagonal force field. And yeah. and and again, I remember my first time watching it being like, "What the fuck? <laughs> like what yeah. is going on, you know?" Like what is happening? And it's so funny because, you know, they make the call back later when I'm just going to call him Thor. Yeah, I'm not even going to say Chris Hemsworth. I'm yeah. going to say Thor. When Thor, you know, gets on the bike and he's like, I'm going to go get help, which realistically, I don't know if he would have still made that jump. I'm, right. I don't know he was that probably dead been. either way. <laughs> I don't think that was a good idea either way, but he, he's like getting ready. And my brother, when we were watching it, was like, oh man, is he going to make the jump? And I was like, did you not remember what you saw when we first came through this tunnel? And he was like, oh, I was like, the bird. And he was like, oh shit. And so then like, as he like realizes it, he goes and like bangs his, you know, face into the force field and like just dies and falls to the ground. My brother's like, damn, that was unfortunate. I was like, yeah, it's a pretty, it's pretty. I feel like out of all the deaths, his is just the saddest to me because I'm like, oh, we know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, this is just... It's like the longest too. Like, yeah. Cause he has to go down the impossibly like long pit and he yeah. just like, like play pinball and things light up and it's like, bing, bing. Every time he hits yeah. a stupid forehead on it's the, on the wall. It's it, like, lights so up. Yeah. It's so sad. And I feel like the, the only other, I guess I'll say near death scene is um, when the virgin is on the docks. Oh yeah. And you think you know you're. It's just like you think the movie's ending because oh man, the virgin's gonna die and everyone else is dead. Oh, blah, blah. But I like I find it to be the funniest moment in the entire film because you're just everyone's celebrating and this and that and you're in this office where everyone's like you know, tapping beers and just, you know, having a good time. And And in the background, you just see this girl getting her ass beat and just dragged and like, you know, and I'm like, wait, we're just going to ignore? Oh my God. And it's just so fun to just watch that whole. 
favorite scenes are when they switch back to the the, the, the corporation people. Yeah. The whole like B B B story of like what's going on in Japan. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. And how it's so amazing and beautiful that like the little girls, little Japanese school girls, defeat their what was it? Was it um, Kyoto or is it, Kyoto? Uh, Kyoto. Yeah. It's like this like weird like like something from like The Ring or yeah. Ringu, yeah. <laughs> Kyoto now lives within this frog. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happiness. Yeah, I know, right? Well, glad into the environment. But I love that concept, though, because it sh- it shows you that everybody, it, like, runs through the entire world. Because yeah. they're just like, oh, Switzerland, or this country, that country. And I'm like, damn, everybody's just, damn. It's <laughs> a lot of people we're sacrificing right now. But I just love how it's like, when you see all these other countries, it's like, fail, 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 <laughs> fail, fail. And I'm like, oh, man, failing at killing people. Sorry. Right. <laughs> it's just wild. Yeah. It's, 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 it's America to save the world again. Right. We're killing people. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they're so confident about it. They're so, like, cocky at first. But then, yeah, it just goes horribly yeah. awry. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but so then they get to the cabin, and there's that scene with the two way. Well, first there's that like weird painting, and then the guy takes it down. He's like, "Hell no, I'm not doing that." And he takes it down, and then there's like the double sided mirror, and Dana, the virgin, is getting dressed on the other side, and he's like, "Uh, wait, wait, stop! Like, stop doing it." You yeah, know? <laughs> very gentlemanly of him. Of course, yeah, makes you like holding even more. Yeah. Right. Which is. Which is which is funny, not sad. Funny because he's the one person that I feel like I care the least about. <laughs> he's like the nicest one, but like I always forget he's there until he dies. And I was like, oh yeah, you're there. You are, Mister Scholar. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, and they, they started pumping in those pheromone things. I think pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Since they got there, which makes them like kind of like act real weird and. Yeah. Yeah. It may have also explained like how he kind of gives like an extra like an extra like look. Right. Yeah. A little bit. Well, like I I like the the weird like as the night goes on, like the one chick, the blonde chick, is like dancing, and they play Truth or Dare. Right. (laughs) And then the guy goes, "Um, I dare you to make out with that moose." (laughs) And it's it's clearly like it's too like a wolf. It's a wolf head. Yeah. have you guys ever seen the movie um, One Eight Seven? Oh, with Samuel. With L- Samuel L- Wait, is that the one with Samuel L. Jackson? he's a teacher to a, 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 um, prominently like Hispanic students. Uh huh. And there's this one student who's like vandalized. Like later, way later in the movie, Samuel L. Jackson's like turned on his students, and he's beginning to hurt them. And this one student is like stoned or drunk. And he's vandalizing this sign, and he and he hears this noise behind him. He turns him, he turns around. And he goes, "What is that?" And like, there's a coyote there, and he goes, "Fucking coyotes!" <laughs> and then like the next the next scene is an arrow gets shot into his side, and he pulls it out, and there's like a syringe attached to the shaft of the arrow that's like got some sort of like serum in it. And he looks, in the, which is really weird. But then he goes, "Fucking Indians!" <laughs> and he collapses. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the only that's the only scene from that movie I remember. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, that wolf that wolf make 
wild. It is wild. Like, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, God. Oh, God, this wolf's about to do something. Oh, God. And it doesn't. And I was like, oh, this is just weird. She's legit just making out with a wolf head. And it's like a solid makeout. Let's be honest. Yeah. Well, they get into it. They put powdered sugar on the tongue. (laughs) Is that a real thing? Really? Because it otherwise it would taste like probably paint and right. <laughs> well, there's well that scene that scene with the mirror. I like the fact that he offers to switch rooms with Dana, right? Yes. And then mm-hmm. he immediately goes into the other room, pulls his shirt off, yeah. and starts taking his pants. Is like, did you forget the yeah. the room that you just came from? Like, right. like did you not remember that? <laughs> Why you switched rooms in the first place? Right. Hey, she wanted to show her the goods, man. <laughs> also, right. but I love how her her solution was to put the painting back up and then just hang a blanket over it, <laughs> which is what I'm like, well, why didn't he just do that in the first place? Like, I right. mean, I think my initial reaction, too, would just be to cover it. Yeah. Especially since it's not my home. Right. Like, just cover it. But he was like, nah, let me get rid of this. And then it was like, ooh, mirror. But... It was just, yeah, it was, it was a weird little switch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, so, uh, and then about Brent, you were talking about when Dana, the, 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 uh, you know, filling the role of, of the whore in this, in the show, um, she, that like sexy, this is a little bit later, but she does like a dance in front of the the fireplace. Right. Mm -hmm. And apparently something I, I, I was reading mentioned that it was most likely an homage to a movie called The Wicker Man, which okay. which Nicolas Cage redid recently, but it was the original movie was like nineteen, I don't know, seventy something. And and so I haven't seen that movie. We'll probably watch it because the goal of this podcast is to watch every horror movie ever. But I went back <laughs> I went back and watched that scene and there's a guy like in the bedroom and he's like praying I don't know what the setup is, but he's like praying to his God and he's like, and the the girl in the room next to him, she's like totally naked, and she starts singing this song, and he just starts like dripping sweat, and she starts like dancing around the room, and like da- the dance she's doing looks very similar, like the way she's moving, like I I I think it has to draw inspiration from that scene, but it's I don't know, it's it's pretty funny. The guy's like banging on the door, just like dripping sweat. He starts to open the door, and then he slams it. He's like, "No, I will not give in to temptation." But it's, <laughs> but I think this was definitely inspired by that. The, the dance looks pretty similar. Yeah, um, yeah, that's fun. But so they switch the rooms. Uh, they get the harbinger on the speakerphone. Uh, yeah. That they, scene alone is so good. I love. He's like, "Am I still on speakerphone?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hold on, let me fix it. (laughs) And I just love how, like, I just love how casual the corporate scenes are. Like, Mm. it's like, but it makes me wonder, right? Like, this is something that they build up to, which I'm going to assume is, like, once ever so often. So what are they doing uh, on their spare time when they're not sacrificing these five people. Right. And I just, you know, it just, I think about that all the time. Like, why, what do you guys do? Because I'm assuming this is like once a year right. or like once a few months yeah. or whatever it is. So what do you guys do for your other 
time. <laughs> I wonder if they're just like constantly preparing. Right, yeah. running drills. I mean, the world, if the world is like is like, ba- is, is like depending on them. Yeah. <laughs> well, Which again, and do they always, like does, do the Americans always get like the same kind of kids from like the same town? No, I think oh, that, that ha- like it's weird because like in this case it was Thor's cousin somehow got you know got involved with buying a cabin. Right. Which, don't, which didn't didn't the stoner towards the end wasn't he like I don't even think he has a cousin. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like oh, we're not thinking. Did, did he not know he had a cousin? Right. I I'm curious about that too. I don't know. <laughs> it started with Kurt, right? Kurt is the guy. He's he's Thor. Yeah. yeah. Kurt, yeah. Yeah. I think they were like giving him like steroids or testosterone like weeks, if not months before, before yeah. any of this took place. In preparation. Sort of, yeah. like, him up, get him like aggressive and weird. Yeah. Pull him out. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So the cellar door pops open. And that's oh, and I think I mean this is obviously the whole thing is a, is a reference to Evil Dead, right? I mean the cabin, yeah. the way that it looks, I, you know the stuff they find in the basement, um, and I like how when the when the cap when the cellar door pops open, they're like, "Well, how that happened? Did the oh the wind must have blown it open?" And the stoner guy's like, "How the how does that work? How is that?" <laughs> and I like I think that's a knock on Evil Dead because I believe that's a line from Evil Dead where they're like. Oh, the wind must have opened the cellar door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that cellar door moment, I get so mad because I'm just like, again, I pull out that stereotype and I'm like, why are we going into a dark cellar? This door just opened out of nowhere. Why are we doing this? Run, run. <laughs> like, anything flings open, you run. You don't ask questions. You don't stay around. Run. Right. Well, and then poor Dana, she gets dared to go down there, right? Because she's girl. in the middle. <laughs> but so then they go down and they find all this. And I like how there are all of these items correspond to a different monster that will be unleashed. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is such a cool thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love, I love that moment too because then you go back to when they're all in there, you know, picking up all their stuff. And uh, I think it's. I think it's Thor who picks up the conch and it goes back to the to the corporation. Yeah. <laughs> the guy is just like, he was so close. I just want to see a merman. And then I just <laughs> see a merman and a merman. And the whole time, because he made a big deal out of it, I was the whole rest of the movie when I first watched it, I was like, what does the merman look like? And then you see him and yep. he is weirdly terrifying <laughs> so terrifying yeah like the way he like oh god it was just the way he sucked on his face i, it. I was like oh that's awful yeah well it's perfect because that, that was actually so- it was part of a, it was also part of an inside joke for instance like the, the two corporation guys are joking or not joking but they're talking and he's like yeah the merman like it's just too too big of a mess right yeah, yeah. and we're in reality that was a freaking gigantic mess. What I read was that you only get the last 10 seconds of what that mermaid merman was doing. That like, it was like a full minute of just it spraying that gross red blood stuff. Oh gosh. They got like whatever, like little bit for the take. Right. It was just like, 
Satan's nest. <laughs> Which is such a cool idea. Like, not only to have a merman, have him look like that. Like, have him attack the guy who wanted to see a merman. But then to have it, like, shooting blood out of its blowhole. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Hilarious. <laughs> but that's, and I think, I think I mentioned this, Brent, when we were talking about Army of the Dead. But the guy who plays the merman... And I think the werewolf in this, he went on to be the main zombie in Army of the Dead. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It's the same guy. I just, I, it makes me, like, wonder, because there are so many things, like, that basement is loaded with yeah. stuff, obviously. Oh, yeah. But, like, when you see the monsters at the end, like, there's this giant snake also, which I'm like, what? But, like, <laughs> there's this giant snake, and I'm like, what did you have to touch for the snake? Also, where would the snake come from? Like, what? It's just, like, when you when you watch this movie, which I feel like if anyone who's listening hasn't watched this, I feel like you need to watch this a solid two or three times. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, there are so many, like, spoken jokes that you don't hear the first time that you hear a few times after watching it. But, like, it makes you think. Like, even, oh, what's that other one? Uh, there was another random monster that I was just like, what the hell would you have? The unicorn! Oh. It was the unicorn! <laughs> I was because you see this fucking... Why is a unicorn a killing monster? That's a question I would like answered <laughs> because you see this magical creature just like ram someone in with its horn, and I was just like, what? What? And then it makes me wonder, what did you have to touch for the unicorn to come at you? Which I feel like would be a tricky. It would be a very misleading movie if the unicorn was involved because you see this unicorn like oh how majestic a unicorn yeah, and then it just like <laughs> Spears it's gotta be like the easiest kill almost for all of the monsters they have right <laughs> you wouldn't run from a unicorn you'd be like oh my god let me hug you <laughs> and just like intestines everywhere there was also the um the purple people eater yes oh, really when that initial, as soon as they hit the button and all the uh, the doors open, it's in the top left corner. It's pulling someone. It's pulling one of the security people apart. Oh, okay, nice. It's the people leader. Yeah, but like, what would you have to touch for that thing? Right, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> this basement. We have so many questions about right. this basement. Right, and we have a picture of Neil Patrick Harris. Movie. The purple people leader movie. No, is is that a real movie? Yeah, it's got Neil Patrick Harris when he was like 15 in it. No. I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. No, I had no idea. Yeah, it's real cheesy. That and like the guy from Cocoon, the old guy from Cocoon. Oh, yes. Huh. Isn't it? <laughs> nice. Well, I wonder what like what would conjure Kevin, you know? Like. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, this Kevin. Oh, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. So, like I just I I just want to I just need to meet Kevin. That's like my <laughs> life goal that I know it will never happen, but I just need to meet this Kevin. Right. You know what? Let me not say that because then knowing the world and some karma shit, it's gonna happen, and I'm not gonna <laughs> like it, and I'm gonna die, and I'm not gonna be happy yeah. about it. No, I feel like anything on that whiteboard is gonna be a bad time, even a unicorn. Ugh. You know. <laughs> so bad. Again, misleading with the unicorn. I'm just saying, like. <laughs> Right. Well, and I feel like, you know, within the premise of the movie, like on the like the most superficial 
Well, I, you know, one of the levels I think this is working on is as a way to explain every horror movie kind of fits into this context. Like, why do these characters make the decisions they do? Like, you could think yeah. of any, move, any movie you've ever watched, any horror movie, and imagine that behind the scenes are Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford, like, pulling these same strings, doing these same things uh, to get the same outcome, you know? So. But what was the monster that had like the saw blades in its head? Like I read, I read the name of that guy because he's like he's he's in the credits. Oh yeah, I never say his name. Yeah, he's 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 in the credit. He's supposed to be uh, what's the character's Hell- name? Right? The guy from Hellraiser, right? The main Cenobite from Hellraiser. Um, yeah. But in the credits, he's listed as Fornicus, Lord of Bondage and Pain. <laughs> That's so weird. That's, yeah. I- Thing. Yeah, the puzzle ball. Yeah. Yeah. Which he was like this close to. It could have been him because he was real close to opening that thing, and I was just like, "Ooh, what's gonna happen with that?" <laughs> Another one is the ballerina. Oh yeah. You see this little ballerina, and then when you see her, because that's another thing. I the concept of the the cells, I guess that you can call it, where, where in which they keep the monsters. Yeah. That visual alone was just. That visual alone was just uh, amazing to me, just to see all of them in this, like, cubed, you know, yeah. jail, if you will, for for them. I, I just loved every second of it. But then you see this little ballerina, again, misleading, because she's this cute little, oh, my God, I'm such a lovely dancer. And then you see her face, and it's just this teethy black hole of horror, and you're like, What? Oh my god, this is just and you know that like some of these, like I think like you've been saying, it's obviously like it pays homage to a lot of other horror films and characters and stuff like that but if, that just makes me concerned for the people who do create these images because I'm like, how do you you sleep at night thinking (laughs) of, oh you know it'd be great, a ballerina with this face with teeth and just (laughs) ah That's amazing. I'd be like, no. Yeah. Well, and I think as far as it was weird. Oh, sorry, Corey. Oh no, I was just gonna say those the cubes that all the monsters are in. I don't know if you've if you've seen the movie Cube. I don't know if you'd like it, Megan. As not a fan of horror, but but it's uh it's it's seems like a pretty obvious uh, uh again another homage to a movie called Cube. So. Just with, with all the little moving cubes, so it's like a giant spaceship Rubik's cube. Basically, yeah. the room has like a different, different booby trap in it. Yeah, and they have to figure out how to get out. That's Did a pretty you good movie. Think it was weird though that like the person in the lobby, in like the little like behind the glass, had control over all the cubes. And right. Not only that, but like could just release them all into the lobby of that place. Right. Like, why would they? Do, why would that be an option? Yeah. Why would that even be a thing where you could like just like unleash hell? Yeah. Into the underground area. Yeah, it's crazy. I will say also, I think the one death where I was just like, no, was the new security guy in the in the corporate. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They introduced this guy at the very beginning as the new guy, which obviously you're like, oh, you're the new guy. You're definitely gonna die. <laughs> but like. He was such a good person that I was like, no. Yeah. I don't know, he was like helping them or something. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Dude, and he was just like, I'm doing my job. But he like even he questioned it. He's like, Why are we doing this? Why is this a thing? Like, yes, ask that question because I'm asking it too. Well, yeah, and he he wouldn't take part in betting, right? On betting on what monster. Yeah. He was like, No, that's... which the betting alone. I'm just like, Really, guys? Yeah. Really? Okay. <laughs> so like, okay, so like, do you think that the corporation people are evil? <laughs> I know, <laughs> but like, cause I get it, you know, like mm. I get what their purpose is. Like I totally get it. I just don't like the idea that I could be the random person <laughs> to, to be sacrificed. Right. I feel like there should be a voluntary list that you put your name on. A tribute. Yeah. Tri- right. You know yeah. I mean? Like, a total Hunger Games situation where it's like, I volunteer tribute. I'll totally be the right. virgin and you, of And your family gets yeah. taken care of, right? Yeah, you know, but like, I think they're, I don't think they're evil. I just think they're sneaky. Yeah. They're <laughs> well, sneaky. That is a tough, because if it's really true that these sacrifices have to be performed for the good of humanity, then I mean, obviously they're doing a good thing, you know, which is, which yeah. is, I mean, if it, if it's that versus, but it would be a difficult thing to do. And I do like, I do think it's almost realistic where if you had that job, if you believed in what you were doing and, and you had to do that day in and day out, you would kind of distance yourself and you'd have to almost like, you'd have to develop some, like a callus to it by doing things like betting on it or making jokes about it or, um, yeah, you know, like I think, I think that's so realistic and toward the end. When Bradley Whitford's character is like, you know, I was like almost rooting for her. Like you almost want her to win. And yeah. then, and then what's he say? Wait, I think I have it written down. Uh, I don't know. He's something he's like, yeah, you almost want her to win. And he's like, tequila, tequila yeah. is my friend. <laughs> tequila is my friend. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it also, it also comes down, it comes down to that, like that realistic, like feel of this is their job and it is important when um richard jenkins character when he dies at the end because they like stab him or something and he like genuinely looks at her and he's like you have to kill him right Right? like he's just like he's very genuine in that moment like you have to kill him and then he dies and it's like oh that's unfortunate for you sir but (laughs) it's just like at that moment too i'm like yeah go kill him because you know, I feel like I just go back and forth with who I'm rooting for throughout this movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, the virgin needs to live. No, don't kill that person. But like, wait, no, yeah, no, die. <laughs> die for a hot second. Yeah. Well, and even because even like Dana pulls a gun on Marty at the end, like Sigourney Weaver convinces her and, yeah. and she's going to shoot him until. And I mean, and the way the movie ends, our heroes, the, the protagonists win. And then the world is destroyed by the ancient ones, right? So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Right. I love it though; it's such a fun ride. Yeah, but you know, I think that the and I was reading a little bit about this too, but how the the guy whoever you know the guys working at the corporation, Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford, which. But I just want to say Richard Jenkins is good in everything. He's like one of those guys where like I just was going through some of the movies I've loved him in, like Something About Mary, Burn After Reading, 
Killing Them Softly, Step Brothers. It's just yep. he's in so many good movies. He yeah. can do no wrong. Yeah. I love that man. He's, he's so, so good. great. Because he knows how to play all the things. Like he knows how to play it straight. Mm-hmm. But then he knows how to like play it straight funny. Yeah. He knows how to like he knows how to just like ah, it's just he's so great. <laughs> yeah, and then and then the other guy too, Bradley Whitford, who I gotta uh, say, any any time I see his name in the credits. I always get confused. I'm like, wait a minute, because one of the guitarists for Aerosmith is named Brad Whitford. So I'm always like, wait a minute, the guy from Aerosmith is in this? And then I'm like, oh, no, it's the guy from Billy Madison. Yeah, which is funny because everyone goes, everyone I feel recognizes him the most from Billy Madison, right? Yeah. Whereas I'm like, oh, from West Wing. Because right, yeah. I really loved West Wing as a kid. But, yeah, it's just, another one that can really do no wrong for me i just i love everything he does yeah yeah and it's but i think so there's another layer here where they are kind of the filmmaker like they're the filmmakers making this movie right using these same tropes these same horror tropes to try and make people happy and if they don't give the ancient gods or the viewers what they want if they don't get killed in the right order, if you know, if the whore doesn't show her breasts at some point, like if yeah. you don't, if you don't check all of these boxes, then the ancient ones are going to rise up and they're going to hate your movie. And so, you know, I think in this, like, there's also a layer where Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford are the the cre- are the movie makers, and mm-hmm. and the main characters are actually a movie, and then it's up to the ancient ones or not whether they accept that sacrifice or whether yeah. they say. Fuck you, we hate your movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. I thought of another movie. Oh, what's that? that? Um, the Truman Show. Oh, yeah. 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 And it, what made me think of it is like when, when Thor and the slutty girl go outside, they like make the mood lighting a little nicer. Like yeah. They make like the mood be cast on the moss. Mm-hmm. But, it's like, but it was like, okay, that's like the Truman Show, like. There's something going on in the background that's like a corporate thing. Yeah, and I almost and I almost I'm looking it up now. I can't. I almost felt like there was a character in the movie named Truman. Uh, oh yeah. yeah I about that. There is a character. Yeah, Daniel. Oh, I think it's the 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 guard that you like. The the oh, new yeah, yeah, the yeah. new guy. I think his name is is Daniel Truman. Yeah, and I think I think that's got to be intentional too, right? Yeah, yeah. probably. Like that's the thing with this with this movie, and it's it's I think that's why I like it. I mean, again, I'm not a horror film person, and I may not have seen all of the things, but I like that it does it does pay homage in these little these little ways that like a a movie person would understand and just appreciate. Right. And when the ones that I caught on to, I was like, "Aw, I like that." Yeah. That was very nice. Yeah, well, and I think it's also like this movie is in a in a tra- in a tradition of movies that like uh, almost like postmodern horror, where it's a deconstruction and like a, a deconstruction of the horror genre, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like you really start because you you know you had horror, you've always had horror in horror movies, but then I feel like especially with the slasher movies and some of like the B movies in the eighties, people started to really like not get tired of these tropes, but it almost became campy and funny and goofy. And then, so at that point, horror movies kind of in the mid nineties, you had Wes Craven's new nightmare, which is a 
uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, but it's about the actress who plays the main character in the first movie. She comes back, and she's playing the actress, right? So she's, like, playing herself in this movie. So it's, like, a statement on the horror genre. So I think that was kind of the first ones to do it. And then, obviously, you had Scream after that. You've got this movie. Uh, a little bit after this, you had Dale and Tucker versus Evil. I don't know if you guys have seen that. It's it's kind of a similar, like, pretty goofy movie. Um, but so it's, it's a, it's another like comedic deconstruction of the horror genre, but, but yeah, I feel like these are, you, you all, this is like almost a subgenre of, they're, they're not always comedic, but it's like, yeah, just deconstructing the horror genre and like jabbing at it, you know? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Which, yeah, I feel like anymore you got to do that. It's, you know, we've, we've, we've passed the, uh, passed the days of like earnestness and everything's all you know, cynical and, and, you know, tongue in cheek winking, yeah. uh, for better, yeah, ah! <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> yeah for better or worse, brought it back, brought it back. <laughs> nice. Well, so did you guys have anything else, uh, any other thoughts about this movie before we get into, uh, kind of ask you guys your, your head cannon about this movie and I'll go, no, if, if you don't have anything else, I'll, I'll go first with the head cannon. Okay. Yeah, you think so. Yeah. So, my, mine's just a very little thing. I just imagine that as they're at the cabin and this is going on, there's somebody who's skydiving, right? So, just some random guy jumps out of a plane and he's like, okay, I, there, that's like a nice area over there. I'll just go land there. And he gets right about to the right altitude to deploy his parachute and then smack, smacks against the hexagonal dome. Just out of, just a, a, a casual, you know, a, a an innocent bystander, collateral damage of this, of this dome out in the middle of nowhere. So that was my thought: was other people running into the dome and interacting with with the dome. You know. <laughs> so what about you guys, Brent? Did you have a, a thought, any headcanon on this movie? I feel like this movie is so, again, it's so meta that you know the head the movie almost has headcanon it almost invites you to have headcanon because it's like think of any horror movie you've ever seen now you can have the headcanon that it takes place in this universe yeah. and it's being it's being orchestrated by these like corporate puppeteers you know yeah. so <laughs> well of course i thought about like it'd be kevin McAllister. <laughs> well like maybe like they they find like the the doorknob with the letter M on it. <laughs> All right. It'd be oh, funny if, like, there was somehow, like, a, um, a Kratos, like, who, what, what's the god that's under the earth that's going to, I think it's called Kratos or something Kratos? like that. Kratos? Yeah. <laughs> and they somehow, like, accidentally summoned him, like, <laughs> summoned him anyway. <laughs> you like, who left that in the, the cellar? <laughs> <laughs> like, when you say that, I picture now, like, the whole cabin turns into the house that, Kevin McAllister sets up for them. Oh, yeah. Right. And they, like, go through, except they just die, like, at, like, in oh, each, man. like... I like, who that... put these micro-machines on the cellar doorsteps? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of love that as a premise, like, a horror movie from the point of view of like Harry and Marv where you never, you yeah. don't even see Kevin McAllister, but they're just going right. through this house and like the house is trying to kill them. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> that would be amazing. I love that premise. That, that movie's more violent than fucking the cabin in the woods. That's true. Yeah. 
Those burglars. The best, the best movie, uh, movie <laughs> violence, I think, is those Home Alone movies. Oh yeah. Well, and and I almost wonder, like, because I know other kids had to do similar shit. Like, I remember I saw that movie when I was, I don't know, eight, nine, ten, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, protect my house against burglars." And I sprayed water all over our back, the back steps of our house, and my dad came home from working at the factory <laughs> at like one in the morning fucking fell down the steps because they were all ice. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but so anyway, so Megan, did you have a, did you have a headcanon or anything you want to plug or talk about or direct people to while you have the ears of literally ones to maybe tens of people? Uh, lots of things. First of all, I'm going to backtrack for a hot second and say, the one thing I would have liked to see, but I also appreciate that we don't see it's a it's a struggle I have is the the gods themselves. Like you see the hand, yeah, you know, at the end. But I'm like, no, I want to see the face and what it looks like. And, oh, that would be so cool because you know whatever yeah. it's, these gods just wiped all humanity off the face of the planet. Yep. <laughs> um, so that's something I would have liked to see. But um, as far as like a headcanon, I often love this image of the monsters like playing poker in their little cells while they're <laughs> waiting to be chosen. Oh, that's know? good. Yeah. Or like, or like Pictionary since they can't really, some can't talk, you know, or just these like games bypass the time that they have in this fucking like box. Yeah. And they're just like, you know, especially like, I mean, again, I hate clowns. I despise them all together, but I can picture this dumbass clown being like, Hey, here's a really bad joke, and like the ballerina just being like, boo, <laughs> like in the background somewhere, or like it just they created like Harry Potter fan fiction, right? <laughs> <laughs> or they're, like they're performing these little skits, yeah, or like the guy with the you know the bondage guy, Fornicus, he yeah. like randomly has a text phone and he's just you know or like a phone and he's like texting why did i say text phone like if i don't know what technology is he has a phone and he's texting and he's just like huh. or he's like sending someone some dick pics or like you know just on like, Tinder, he's like swiping on yeah Tinder. just like swiping <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah oh man i want to see his bio like fornicus right? lord of bondage and pain i like puppy dogs and walks on the beach you know like, if you're looking for a good time, <laughs> you know, I can show you some kinky shit, right. you know? I've got buzz saws in my head. <laughs> right. That would be amazing. Um, yeah, so that's what I think of when I watch this movie and what I'd like to see. And then for a plug-in, uh, I guess, um, so Clown Car is actually going back to rehearsals in person, um, nice. which... I'm very excited and nervous about because I will admit COVID has definitely made me a hermit crab and I don't like to go out of my shell a lot. Um, but we are doing a a little pop-up family-friendly show. Um, it's an outside space right actually across the street from where we rehearse. I don't know if it's on, okay. it's like on Damon and Irving, I okay. guess, the Irving Park and Damon. There's like, the CBS there. Yes. And then there's like, they redid the part like behind a... the CBS. Okay, nice. And it's like this cute little park-ish area now. So we're going to be doing something there on August 8th, if anyone's in the neighborhood. Um, 
But then I'm just going to plug myself because, like, I love Clown Car, but, like, I'm cooler. So um, I am actually going to be putting on uh, a one-woman show, uh, hopefully at the start of next year. I'm going to give COVID the rest of the year before I give anybody dates. But, you know, Corey, I'll send you dates and then you can just let your peeps know when to come out and check me out. Um, it'll be a one woman show and it'll be a whole lot of fun and very sarcastic. And that's just who I am. So you're in for a good time. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Yeah. But this was fun. I liked this. Uh, yeah. This is a great podcast. I love that. Oh, no. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Was, I, like I said, I really love this movie. And, and yeah, it was, it was good to get a chance to talk about it for a bit, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's a fun one for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> On next week's episode, we're talking about the Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio movie, Shutter Island. So make sure to check that out before next week. As always, you can follow us on social media, on Twitter at HorrorMoviePod, Reddit at r slash HorrorMoviePod, and then Facebook and Instagram at HeadCanonPod. Awesome. Well, again, Megan, thank you uh, for coming on. Everybody, check out Megan's One Woman Show. When it drops, I'll post the dates on social media so you can find it. And uh, this has been Headcanon.